Well, have you ever considered how to improve the quality and safety within your athletic training program? Today, we'll speak to one of the creators of two programs that specifically address these questions. Hello, and welcome to the Youth Sports Safety Update, produced by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program, or JSMP, in Jacksonville, Florida. JSMP is dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and prevention. Your host today is Jim Mackey, a consultant with the program the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program and a certified athletic trainer with over 45 years experience in the high school, clinical, and professional sports settings. Please subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at jaxsmp.com for more information about youth sports safety. Our guest today is Bart Peterson, an athletic trainer and educator for over 32 years, uh, currently employed in the high school setting. He served on various committees within the National Athletic Trainers Association to improve the safety, quality, and standards of our athletic training programs. So please welcome Bart. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get involved in this uh, in these particular programs? Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. This was a great uh, opportunity. Um, so these, um, I spent uh, all my career in working in the secondary schools, and, and uh, as you noted, I've been on the um, various committees on secondary school athletic safety. Um, so at the time we started this program, I was the chair of the secondary school committee. I just come off of the board of directors as of the National Center Training Association as the liaison to the secondary school uh, setting. And I was also working in the National Federation um, Sports Medicine Advisory Committee as the NATA liaison to that committee. So um, we started to look at our programs and how we could help our athletic trainers in our schools know what care to provide, what, what it is that they need to provide. Now, the NHA back in 2003, 2002, uh, produced a document called the AMCS document, Appropriate Medical Care for a Secondary School Aged Athlete document. And that was, you know, if you're looking at 2018, 2019, you're looking at, uh, you know, 15 to 18 years. Um, so there's been a little bit of update. Back in 2003, if you could um, stand up straight with a concussion, we'd let you back in the game. Now, obviously, that's not going to fly. And, and there have been a lot of other updates as well. So we wanted to update those standards and that document and then see if we could figure out a way to provide a, a tool that could help of schools, organizations, um, institutions, figure out how their um, how their programs looked, what what they needed to update, what they needed to to magnify, and because they're doing really well. And so we came up with the uh, update of the AMCS document, and then essentially after that, um, pass came about. All right. So PASS is also called a program assessment for safety in sport, and it helps schools and organizations to prioritize the health and safety of their athletes. So based upon what the NATA or the National Athletic Trainers Association, appropriate medical care standards for organizing, sponsoring athletic activity for the secondary school age athlete, that's a mouthful. PASS continues to outline a framework for comprehensive and strategic approach to the provision of athletic health care. PASS allows schools and organizations to benchmark their success and opportunities against the 12 standards deemed as necessary in providing appropriate medical care for uh, the secondary school age uh, that. And it's also a, a web-based program 
that helps the schools to uh, identify uh, what they're already doing well and where they need to improve uh, for these um, AMCS recommendations. Um, good thing, it's a free program available to all NATA members. So why, um, why is it important for athletic trainers to spend their time um, uh, self-evaluating themselves at their schools? And uh, what's, what's their value in this? And how can they sell it to uh, uh, sell it first to themselves that one, they need to do this. So they are not just kind of flying by the seat of their pants, but they've got some true standards that they're trying to uh, project um, in providing health care. That's a great question. Um, so the back in 2000, as I noted, there were a number of documents, uh, peer-reviewed documents, stand, uh, position statements, and standard papers that had been published. We identified that there were 63, um, at least 63 NHA documents that had been uh, published or updated in the time between the pub publication of the first AMCS document in 2003 and then the writing of and publication of the new AMCS document in 2019. That means there's 63 changes, a minimal of 63 changes to the practice of athletic training in that period of time. Um, and it covered anything from heat. Obviously, our, our heat standards have changed, dealing with heat and, and how to, to identify heat illness, uh, stroke, heat stroke, and how to treat it. Um, to lightning, to um, uh, concussions, to just about any um, topic you can think about, and it all changed. So if you think about what you were taught back in the day, if you were like me back in the, the 70s and 80s, or even earlier, you know, you, you pretty much, you know, if you could drool, you were able to play, and uh, we could we could let you go back on the field. But now, with these standards we that we have. Um, we can provide better care and a safer environment for our athletes. So we'll go, go ahead. Well, I just had a question. Um, so athletic trainers feel like they overworked, underpaid, have a lot of, uh, events to cover, a lot of things to manage in that. How, what, what advice would you give them to perhaps even incrementally uh, begin to do this? Because I notice in reading it, sometimes it might even be a year process. It's not something that can, uh, okay, I'm going to implement these standards and bang, it's done. But how right. can, what, what advice would you give somebody to, to gradually implement these things at their school? So there are 12 standards and, and they go from everywhere from equipment and to uh, mental health to uh, environmental circumstances. So it covers pretty much the entire practice of athletic training. Um, there's 12 standards and there are 12 months in the year. We, we suggest that people take about one standard per month. Now, some standards will be a little bit easier and you probably have the, the stuff going pretty good. Some standards might be a little bit harder, harder for you. Maybe you have some limitations in your institution that are going to prevent you from doing certain things. So, you know, you do about a, a standard per month, and it, some of them will take a little less, some will take a little bit more, but you can pretty much knock it out in about a year. The really cool thing is when you get done, there's a report that you can print. It'll have your logo, your school name on it, and then you can submit that to your administration, to your higher-ups. Um, if you're in a little league or if you're in a, a Pop Warner football, 
an organization. You can give it to the, the leaders of that organization and they can see where they can improve and why it's important for to help you, assist you, um, provide healthcare for your, for your patients. Exactly. That's a great idea to just take on uh, once a month uh, each one of these standards and again begin to um, self-evaluate, implement, and put into practice. And I think, too, when you have a, a document that can show your administration, hey, this is what we've done over the past year. This is where our program's at. We've met, we've met these benchmarks. Um, you mentioned uh, so many changes that have been uh, done over time and our position statements, our um, consensus statements, those things that are always uh, a challenge to, uh, one, keep up with and, and read. So what what do you encourage a lot of young professionals as far as their just personal accountability to, to keep up with the research and keep up with the standards that are out there so that we can um, you know, make it a part of our best practice. Right. So the AMCS document will be updated um, on, on a pretty regular basis from here on out. That was part of their, our um, <clears throat> our mission as we, we set the whole thing up is that it would be a little easier to up, update the AMCS document. The PASS will update immediately as, as a new document comes out. PASS will update with the new recommendations and, and they will automatically fit into the um, PASS program, which is web-based, as you noted. Um, it'll fit into that PASS program pretty much uh, about a yearly basis. So they'll go in and they'll update PASS about every year as uh, new documents come out. So okay. it, it actually helps. You, you may not actually have to read each document to have the updated documents if you keep going back through PASS it'll it'll the, those uh recommendations will change as needed um uh, pretty much automatically now i would say that we all are responsible to know the, the changes in those documents whether we're, we're using pass or not so it's still uh, really important to know what's going on in your profession and and the uh, continuing body continuing body of knowledge Okay, several years ago, the uh, Safe Sports School Award was created. Um, how is this complement or different from the PASS um, program and the appropriate medical care? I, I know they're different. They're, they're very similar standards, but how, how do these things complement each other? And uh, um, it's a little bit more visible in the sense you got a banner to present, to put at your school and things like that. But uh, how do these things all work together, would you say? So pre-pandemic, <clears throat> there were there were plans. I don't know what's happened. Um, I'm no longer the chair of the committee, and so I'm not quite sure what the status is post-pandemic. But um, the um, Safe Sports School Award was written on the 2003 document, on the standards in the 2003 document. So that's why they align so well uh, between the two documents. Um, and it's kind of a, a, a really cool, neat thing. Um, so if you do pass and you do well on pass and you're, you're hitting all, you know, most all your cylinders are firing, then it should be pretty easy for you to fill out the um, Safe Sports School Award and, uh, and qualify for the Safe Sports School Award. And vice versa, if you're doing really well on the Safe Sports School Award, it should be um, pretty easy for you to qualify. There might be a couple of things you miss here and there uh, between the one or two of the other ones. 
but they should align pretty well. So um, what we tried to do, and that's what I'm talking about pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, is uh, we were hoping that they would align. And, and if you completed the PASS um, program uh, with hitting certain marks, that you would qualify automatically for the State Sports School Award and vice versa, that they, that they would auto-fill back and forth. So I think they're still working on that. But because, you know, pandemics being what they are, it's kind of put a, a stop on some of the work that has been going on. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit more about sports safety and just uh, some of the day-to-day basics that, that you think um, uh, should be a basic uh, standard for, for any athletic trainer. Um, always looking for ways to improve the safety at their school always advocating for their athletes and their safety and, and that. But what, what do you think are some of the other things that uh, we as athletic trainers can do uh, at the secondary school level or in recreational programs or such to, uh, to make things better out there? Well, so let's start off with the title of the document uh, for um, appropriate medical care for a secondary school aged athlete. It didn't say the secondary school athlete, it said the secondary school aged athlete. And secondary schools – include the middle schools and junior highs. So from seventh grade on, that's who it was written for. It's basically the, the pediatric athlete um, beyond the, the peewee kids, the herd ball, soccer type kids. But that would apply for them as well. Um, so any of these standards um, in the MCS document would apply to uh, secondary school aged athlete. And that's why um, it would go that way. So really important that we have physicals on our kids do we know especially now um with covid um and omicron and that kind of stuff hitting you know the misc is hitting about two to three months after onset of of uh covid and that kind of stuff so it's really important that we have current valid physicals on our athletes um our practice and competition facilities should be clean and well kept and should the equipment should be in good working order it's really important that way. Uh, Larry Cooper, a friend of mine, talked about wrestling rooms. We all know about wrestling rooms, but um, he always he always noted that you know the, the mats got mopped every day, but did the mats on the wall, the padding on the wall get get mopped once a year, that kind of stuff. So we really need to to pay attention to a lot of the facilities, make sure we're taking care of our athletes that way. Um, make sure we have good equipment. And the equipment fits. We're not passing equipment from one age group to another age group. Um, you know, the worst thing that I've ever seen is a, a football helmet on a little league pop Warner kid that probably could fit one of my high school kids. Literally spin around and all that kind of stuff, and they're putting them out there. So we need to make sure the equipment is fit properly and uh, maintained, and it's recertified when it's supposed to be, and that kind of stuff. And all equipment, you know, I really disturbs me when high school kids are wearing shin guards that are about this tall. They need to be covering the entire shin, the entire tibia. Um, application of uh, materials and products used to prevent um, athletic injuries and treat athletic injuries, padding and those kind of things are really important to, to be applied correctly. Uh, a really great example of that is bubble wrap on casts in uh, little league soccer games and those kind of things, you, you've got the kid got a cast on and they're covered with bubble wrap. Well, that's not really appropriate because as soon as the kid discovers this bubble wrap, they're going to start popping those. And pretty soon they have a flat plastic bag wrapped around the, the cast. 
Um, then we get into the environmental concerns, those standard five with uh, heat, lightning, cold. Um, out in the west right now, it's a really big issue in the, in the summer and the fall with the air quality and the, and the fires and that kind of stuff. It really shuts down a lot of the things that can be done out there because we got to protect the kids and their lungs. Um, I, I tell you, probably one of the biggest missed opportunities we have right now in athletics is um, nutrition, hydration, um, dietary supplements, that kind of things. We, we're we're missing the boat on those things. Um, GNC's got much better corner on that market, and a lot of the information that is out there is, is not necessarily the best for our high school age kids or our secondary school age kids. Um, wellness programs, um, you know, we should be creating lifelong athletes and healthy lifelong athletes. And, and so we need to be teaching lifelong sports how to stay healthy over the period of your life and not um, necessarily how to, to become a high school hero walking around with bad knees and bad ankles down the road. So um, wellness programs should should promote a progression of fitness and uh, improving life, uh, long-term health access. Um, probably the one that's being missed, I, I saw an article where a, a <coughs> private school athletic director thought that the state rule for a um, emergency action plan was optional and something happened and uh, an athlete, young athlete died. Um, so I think emergency action plans is probably one of the highest, most out there right now um, topics uh, across the board and across, um, across our uh, uh, country right now. Just to plan and be, be aware that emergencies do happen and we need to be ready for them. A lot of good information there, and I would uh, not to get on my soapbox, but just the, the emergency action plan is is such an important, um, and it can be a very simple uh, document, uh, venue specific. I think I saw the same situation you did where the uh, person um, thought the EAP was some type of optional document, which is really it's it's a part of 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 our practice and uh, should be there. There's a lot of gaps uh, you mentioned that that need to be filled. Um, of course, the hopefully the the full time certified athletic trainer to school uh, can and will address a lot of those topics. It's their responsibility to to do that. And then there's the um, uh, the the gap we fill through outreach programs and just uh, part time work and things like that. That uh, we're more concerned probably about providing coverage, then we are making sure these other things are addressed and uh, by the people we're working for. And I think that's something where we've got to advocate as athletic trainers that, um, one, not put ourselves in, in a real litigious situation uh, by going to work at a place, a situation, a part-time gig or whatever, that uh, there's no plan in place because failure to plan is planning to fail. And, and that's so... We've got to, as athletic trainers, um, advocate, uh, speak up, and uh, help people. Uh, not in a not in a crushing way, but in a way to say, "Hey, you need to bring your program up to these levels uh, for your own safety, for the safety of the kids, uh, the safety of the parents, and uh, the parents being aware of." Uh, 
of the program. It's just as simple as is you take your kid to a pool. Is there a lifeguard there? You know, are there plans in place? Uh, should a, uh, accident at the pool happen? And that's where we as athletic trainers have got to continue to advocate for our profession and for the, the standards of our profession and for all the research and good education that's been, been put into things uh, so that we can provide value to whatever, whatever situation is there. So, uh, Bart, it's been a pleasure to have you today. Any, any final uh, comments you want to make about uh, the past program and appropriate uh, standards of care? Absolutely. There, there's actually a Special Olympics um, group, a state Special Olympics group that's using PASS right now. It's available. Uh, you have to contact NATA if you're not an NATA member, but they can put it together for you, uh, put together some access for you. PASS is available at pass.nata.org. That's pass.nata.org. Um, if you are an NATA member, you can log into NATA website and then Go to that URL I just gave you, and uh, and log in and, and start putting your information in there. Um, trying to go through there. So the other thing is is um, the last four or three standards um, that we didn't cover provide for on-site care, prevention and care, and then rehabilitation. And then the one that was really added to the first AMCS document was mental health, and it's uh, that's, that's a huge one that we need to be aware of. Is a mental health capability and and, uh, and referral appropriate referral and care for our athletes in that respect. These are all excellent. We'll put the uh, put that link in our show notes, the pass.nata.org, uh, and uh, make sure you have access to that so you can uh, begin putting these standards into practice. So we hope you'd enjoy today's episode of the Youth Sports Safety Update. JSMP is dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and prevention. Please share what you've learned and implement to make sports and those who participate safer. One way is to make sure your school or sports team is safely prepared is to have a certified licensed athletic trainer present. Please subscribe to our podcast. And for more information, go to our website at jaxsmp.com. Please write a review and let us know what you think or what you'd like to know more about. The Youth Sports Safety Update is produced by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program. Your host and producer today is Jim Mackey. Join us again uh, soon, and please stay safe. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody.